Welcome to the Big Niang Theory. Let me ask you one question. This is my podcast. Joel is a card shark. Danny gets swindled. Fashion, I just like stuff that looks good. Greatness just breeds greatness, and we all fit right in. Welcome, everyone, to the Big Niang Theory with George Niang featuring Lauren Rosen. I'm excited to get this podcast going. I've had a podcast before. It was called The Driving Dish when I was with the Utah Jazz, and I'm excited to keep that going here in Philadelphia. Obviously, the big Niang theory is starting off fresh now, and I'm excited about podcasting, and I'm excited to get to know my teammates a little better by having them on as guests. Um, I was lucky enough to have one on today with you, Lauren, and we had a lot of fun. We sure did. And the first thing I want to say in my introduction is thank you for wanting to do this with me and for trusting me to do this with you. Always. I love doing this stuff. I love that you guys want to do this stuff because it's my ambition to help you guys do this stuff and do it in a way that that honors how you feel and where you are and what you're up to. And I think people find it really interesting, but I love that you guys also find it really interesting. So speaking of interesting people... We We had had, an interesting one today. We really did. And it was a lot of fun. And our guest was Furkan Korkmaz. Yes, Furkan had a lot of information for us, a lot of laughs. Um, He's an unreal person and extremely funny. And for context, you and I talked about doing this podcast the day that you came in to do your introductory press conference. So we've talked about this from the jump. And I think like a week or a week and a half later, you expressed that you thought Furkan would be a really good guest to get towards the beginning of the slate. He just seems like he's never had a, a bad day. And you always want to be around those people that have that positive energy and can laugh at themselves. And I kind of see that in myself. And, you know, getting to know Furkan from a distance, you know, through the years I've been in the NBA and then being here with him is has has been a lot of fun you know he brings a lot of great energy every day and he's a lot funnier than i thought you know now that we've had two months together he just is he says quirky things and and has great one-liners that make me laugh all the time so i really enjoy getting to be around him i sit next to him in the locker room so he always has a some some good jokes to start off the day before practice well, he's absolutely one of a kind. Other teammates have, have talked about Furkan that way in my entire time here. So I love that, that that jumped off the page for you right away. And it certainly did for us tonight. So without further ado. Here we go. Here's here we our go. interview with Furkan Korkmaz. Today we're lucky enough to have my teammate, and a, a good friend so far, even though I've only known him two months, Furkan Korkmaz. Welcome, Furkan. Thank you for joining. Hello, Georges Niang. <laughs> uh, it's honor for me to be here in this podcast with you. Like you said, it's been just two months, but overall, I think we had a good relationship until now, until this podcast. But I hope everything is going to work out well for us, you know? I'm excited to be here. I think it's going to go well. I think somewhere we should start, though, only one of you pronounced the other's name properly. So let's start there. You guys want to teach each other how to say each other's names? Did I say it? I said it. Did you add the S? Let me try first. Let me try. Okay, go. Georges Niang. No. (laughs) Furkan, the S is silent. It's just George. George George Niang? Yes. But we have good chemistry on the court. He just yells something. I pass him the ball. Because, you know, I call you Niang every time. He does. Yes. We don't go by, and I call him Furky. I'm, I'm saying Fergie, the last name. Fergie Magic. Me and Furkan, I feel like we've we've built up a good rapport to start. You know, Furkan is a no uh, BS type of guy. So those are my type of people. So we've we've gotten along since I've been here. 
and uh i kind of uh aggravate furcon when i'm when i'm on the plane and i'm you know screaming and yelling because i'm playing cards and furcon is trying to get some sleep actually i told you today after we landed like i was trying to fall asleep at the plane and then he was just screaming i don't know what was going on i didn't even like wonder what was going on but he was screaming like hey, hey. <laughs> i don't know what was going on but i was pissed for like 30 minutes but now we're cool now we're cool we're good we 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 got through it we got through it i feel like me and Ferk, you know have a good chemistry out there you know two shooters that find each other he does a better job of finding me than i do not yet we will get him. there we will get there <laughs> it's a work in progress did we just become best friends <laughs> no hey bestie uh. that's what we do on this podcast no but seriously when when george and i were talking about starting this part of the initiative was that this would be a good way for you guys to get to know each other as new teammates right and yes. for you to continue flexing your podcasting muscles that you came here with yes so for we both know, because we do our research here on the Big Niang Theory, that you started pr playing professionally when you were 15, correct? Yes, that's right. What was that like to be a kid and be a pro? Because guys in the league that grew up in the States have no idea what that was like. I will say this like straight up. When you get your first paycheck, you don't feel like a kid anymore. When you are, even like when you are 15, to be honest. Because you feel more responsibility, you know, for your family, friends, whatever. Um, but on the court, of course, it's not easy to handle that pressure. Uh, even when you're, as a, when you're a kid, there's a lot of pressure. You want to play good. Uh, you don't look at it as a hobby anymore, you know. It's just your job, and then you got to do your job better. What was, like, this may be too personal of a question, but what was, like, the first thing, like, you bought when you got your first paycheck because when, when i was 15 years old like i think i would be like all right i'm gonna buy like three dozen donuts because like <laughs> i remember when i was younger my mom would only let me get one donut and i was like when i can get my own donuts i'm gonna get like 36 of them at one time i mean i'm the kind of the guy that who likes to buy a gift instead of getting a gift thing like i didn't buy something specific to myself i try to spend all those money for my family yeah you know to buy houses for my family because when i was younger I didn't have a like bad life. My dad, he worked hard for me. I remember like he was waking up at like 5.30 in the morning, wow. 6 in the morning, and then coming back 11 p.m., you know, yeah. uh, and then three, four hours sleep, go back to work again. So he was working hard for me to have a better life, uh, for our family to have a better life, but that's it. I mean, I don't yeah, know. no, that's amazing. I mean, the fact that, you know, you're willing to, to give back. I mean, obviously family I know is important and it's very important to you, but that's uh, that's an incredible story. I do have a question about that though. To me? George and I were talking about this. It's, n it's not a big deal, but both of us are college graduates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at what age did you stop going to school? I'm, I'm, it's a serious question and let me give a little color because we're not the only yeah. people listening to this. I, you're an extremely intelligent guy. You speak two languages perfectly. And yes, I'm telling you, your English is now perfect. But to me, schooling for me, I was in school until I was 23, 24 years old. What age did you stop going to school? I mean, in Turkey, it's not like here. I mean, I will say in Europe, it's not like here because you got to choose one, either basketball, either going to the school. I was trying to do both at the same time, but um, I've been a pro since I was 15. Yeah. Then it's really hard because the senior team, you're having double practices. You wake up at 8, go to practice at 10. How I will go to school after like 12, 1? Because school is going to be done like 3, 4 p.m. Yeah. And then another practice at 5. So it was, and also I was playing in the school team in the same time. I was having like 
three practices. You were du- you were double dipping, man. Yeah, your like basketball was your PhD. When I was 18, 17, 18 years old, I stopped going to the school, but like not like a stop stop. Yeah. I was going, but I was just going for practices. Probably 17, 18. I started to cheat a little bit from the school. <laughs> That's <laughs> impressive. So how does it work over there? So were you like in high school when you started being professional? And then in America, obviously, high school graduation is kind of like the standard or whatever. You can go yeah. to college if you don't want to. So is there such thing as like a high school graduation? Or were you just like, all right, I'm going to continue to pursue this? And I mean, I graduated from high school. Uh, but other, after then that, uh, I moved to the States, you know. Yeah. I was in college. But I moved to the States. I didn't have a chance to go to college uh, in Turkey anymore. And also, I couldn't go to college in the States too because I came to the NBA straight up. Yeah. You were already getting paid. That would be illegal. Yeah. And uh, that's the basically story. Lauren, why don't you add some, some good content to this <laughs> podcast right now? I feel like... Okay. I'm going to ask you guys a question. And if you don't know the answer, I'm going to look really smart. And if you do know the answer, I'm going to look really dumb. Do you guys know what year each other was drafted? I don't. I, I don't, don't know. know. Should we guess? Uh, yeah. Wait. Ready? One, yeah. two, three. Two thousand sixteen. <laughs> 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 Look at that. Oh, so cute. So you guys knew that before this, or no? I didn't know that. No, we we did not know that. Do you huh? know who went first? Obviously, Furkan, because he's simply unreal. Did you see the first game of the season? Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> no, but uh, I think it's funny. You know, I was thinking about it before. You know, we've kind of had different journeys and ended up in the same place. You know, yours was different. Obviously, you got drafted and you stayed another year in Europe. And I left college, like what most Americans do, and go go to the NBA. And then I got cut and then I was in the G League. So that kind of, we've kind of been in the NBA same amount of time. You've been with the same team. That's pretty impressive. You just can't let go of Philadelphia, huh? I mean, it's almost five years, you know, this is going to be my fifth year with the Philly. You know, like, I believe you got a little bit feeling of the city, of the fans right now. Uh, you can tell, like, how strong city is Philly for the sports. And But like you said, we have a similar background, I believe, like career-wise. But uh, now we are on the same team. We are competing for the same goal. Uh, that's exciting, too. So now, you know, fast forward in a little bit. On your journey to the NBA, you fly over from Turkey, right? What was your first impression of America and the NBA? And then, you know, just being here when you were what? Was it 19, 20 years old? Yeah, 19. 19 years old? I mean, I couldn't imagine having that much money when I was 19 years old being a professional from another country. To me, I think that's very brave. When I was 19, I was trying to pick what classes I wanted to take as a sophomore in college. Like, it was so different. So the fact that you did that, and I get that there was a financial incentive and that it was cool and that it was success for you, but was it scary at all? Was it weird? It wasn't scary because I didn't know what was gonna what I was gonna face. Uh, if you don't see what you're gonna face, you don't need to be afraid or like be happy because after I moved here, the first wall that I hit, it was off the court. I will say, I believe I was speaking good English, not like maybe speaking, but understanding. Now it's both. <laughs> But I was going to restaurants. Like that's a great question actually because like I have a lot of stories about this. Uh, my first time in the states, I went to a restaurant and then I asked, uh, you know, you go to a restaurant. The waiter comes to, hey, my name is Eric, Jack, whatever. Yeah. Today I'm gonna be taking care of you. How is your life going? You know, blah yeah. blah blah blah. In Europe, it's not like this. It's like, hey, welcome. What you want? You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, either drink this or eat this. Yeah. And then I asked him like, can I get some water? 
you know, can I get some water? He was like, what? I was like, water. He said, oh, you are trying to say water, you know? <laughs> and I was like, yes, water, please. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of like accent. Uh, but overall, uh, after I got used to I started to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, in the elevator, you see the people, you say hi, they say hi back to you. You know, it's not like really, really European things. Uh, oh, they're wa- they welcoming. Yeah, like more welcoming. Uh, everybody's trying to be positive, trying to be smile. Yeah. Um, everybody's like uh, trying to make each other happy, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, that I, I'm just thinking back if I was a 19 and like you were talking about, you know, you thought your English was good and it wasn't so good. and But you're supposed to see me in my first year, like... Oh, your your English is phenomenal. Right now, yes, but you're supposed to see me in my first year. It was it was bad. You were struggling. I, I heard struggling. from someone. You you told some questionable jokes. I don't know if I'm <laughs> supposed to put it, put it on air, but you know there was one joke I heard where you're like, "Hey, what's the difference between Milwaukee bucks and <laughs> 100 bucks?" Actually, I have one one more good one. Okay, let's you hear want it. To share with that? Yeah. So you know when the birds fly. They play as a V. <laughs> the flying V, yes. Yeah, okay. and then one side of the V is every time longer. Yeah. You know why? Why? Because there's more birds on that side. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> did Did you have to take like joke classes to to try and get, or did you did you watch like American TV and and that's how you like learn English and like jokes? I mean, actually, first I started I started to learn how to talk shit. <laughs> like my first year, Jared Bayless, he was here in the team. And then he was talking a lot of <laughs> Justin Anderson, same way. Yeah. And TJ, TJ McConnell, like, uh, th- those are the three guys that I learned how to talk a little bit. Yeah. And then when you get more confidence, you know, when you uh, get to know more people, right. you feel like you're in the family and yeah. then you are more confident, you are more comfortable. Then I started to make up all these jokes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you just felt comfortable, you know what I mean? You'd make jokes. Yeah, and right now. Your English I, got better. Right now, I don't feel like people are going to judge me, you know, anymore because, right, like, yeah. they know I speak this language well and then yeah. they find it funny. So it's good vibes. Now, uh, breaking off. No, let me, let me ask you one question. Okay, you have a question for me. Uh, yeah, I have a question for Th- you. But this is my podcast. I, All right, go ahead. I didn't hit, prepare hit, this before hit, I moved hit here. Me, hit me. Like, you play with a lot of European players too. Like, yes. you saw a lot of European guys, like, yes. good or bad, you know? Yes. Good guys and bad guys. Yes. Like, what do you see difference, like, European guys? Like, good way and bad way, tell. Okay, so here's the thing is with European guys, uh, a lot of them are, like, joyous and funny, and they really do a good job of making fun of Americans and their their stubborn ways. But there's an also another thing that I find funny is European basketball players find American basketball players like stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like when they're explaining something to someone, they're like, now why would you do something like that? And <laughs> and you try to explain like why you do it, but like, no, that is dumb. Like why would you do that? Yeah, but I've had, a, I've had a lot of uh, experience with European players, but yes, I feel like they constantly think that their way is probably a little bit smarter than ours, which it, it probably is, but <laughs> I, I, that's, that's been my experience. I think it's a different, different culture. That's why there's a big difference, you know. Uh, the game is also totally different, like totally different people. The way that people grow up here. When you're 18 years old in the States, you start to live your own life, you know. You're not right. with your parents anymore. The life is taking you a different way. In Europe, it's not like that. Like, you don't really have a different house before you get married or like you need to be in really good like shape money wise you right. gotta have a good business to get a different house to live different life yeah no i mean the the american lifestyle is completely uh 
a 180 from I'm sure what the European lifestyle is. Question for you though. Yes. My first experience in Philadelphia is experiencing how wild the fans are. Just the energy is is crazy. I know you played um, in Europe for a while, and I know you have some stories about batteries being thrown at you because you hit four threes in one half over there. Can I? Can we get a couple? Or what's your craziest experience over there? I mean, with the Philly fans, also my story is a little bit tough because, like, my first two years in the league, uh, it was also with the Sixers. Uh, I didn't really have enough opportunity to play and play good, you know, because I was not ready. Right. Uh, like physically, I was a little bit weak. I would say uh, I now worked out hard. Now I'm strong, you know, <laughs> and uh, the Philly fans didn't really see like what I'm doing well. Right. Uh, everybody was talking about my shot, but you are just playing in the garbage time. You know, you are taking up like bad shots because you're, you're just trying to score. Yeah. And my first two years, people didn't really believe in me. There was just like really less people from the Philly fans who believed in me. Right. And uh, end of my second year, I started to play after Jimmy Butler got traded here. Yeah. Uh, after that trade, I started to play. Um, then uh, my third year, I come back to Philly again. Now that was the time that Philly fans gonna really see what yeah. I can do on the court. Right. It's also like fun story to tell, uh, but also it's in the same time it's really good experience for me because I've been through a lot of things with the Philly fans too because at some point they were like, we don't want him anymore here. You know, it was kind of that point. Yeah. Uh, but this is not for me. This is for everybody. When you play bad, like when you don't fight, especially when you don't compete, like they're gonna uh, make you feel that. You know, they're right. not gonna make you feel comfortable. They're gonna make you feel that. Uh, Philly, I mean, Philly. How you say that? Philly. Philly tough. Philly maybe edge, gritty. Philly age. Philly spirit. 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 I was gonna say spirit. But if Ferk, was there a moment that you remember things changing? Because I have one in my head, but I don't know if it's the same. Uh, I think there's a one moment that changed uh, Portland game when I yes. scored a buzzer beater in I the corner. Yeah, in the yes, corner. Yes, the buzzer beater. Yeah, that yeah. high arc and one. That changed everything. And you ran down the court screaming. They changed everything. Yeah. Shout out to Alex Subers one time for the photos the of photo, that. That photo is crazy. Unbelievable. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> How many likes did that get on Instagram? That was 100, a hundred thousand. George, I don't know if you know this, but afterwards, Furkan said, and I quote, that that was the best day of his life, Furk. Is you it know, still the best day of your life? Uh, I will say yes, one of those, because oh. when I was young, I was not dreaming about, of course, I was dream, dreaming about like scoring 30, 40 in NBA yeah, game, yeah, but like yeah. to make the game winner, that was my biggest like dream, oh. you know? And it was an unreal shot in front of their bench too. Like that's a huge But you know what shot. was funny? We were 4-0, four, four like we won four games beginning of season. If yeah. you lost that, that game, we are not going to be undefeated. So that's why also it was really important. But then didn't you lose the game after that? Yeah. We, well, okay, we lost Lauren, the way, way to just <laughs> put a damper on the mood right there. I'm just trying to recreate history. And then the second, the second moment that I remember was the same season, a few months later, the two back-to-back 30-point games. Yes. Because those and were at home. Third game, zero points against Clippers. <laughs> You were exhausted from carrying the team. That's I didn't want to show everything that I got. That's yeah, why I stopped. Exactly. <laughs> but those two games were both at home, right? Yes. Against yes. Chicago and then against Memphis. Yep. And I remember that being a special time for you because you got the respect of the fans, but I think you also got a lot of respect from your teammates after those games. Like you were the talk of the town and the talk of the locker room. Do yeah. you remember feeling like it was a change in the <laughs> locker room? Here's the point. Like you can be a really good guy off the court. George, you know this like better. You've been in the league enough uh, to know this. 
like doesn't matter how good people you are if you don't compete on the court with your teammates it's not the same relationship like no, when you don't fight together on the court yeah. doesn't matter of course what you're doing like socialize wise right. like if you don't compete for the same goal uh, but when you start to play for each other it's a different relationship i believe right that. No, I, I think I can definitely attest to that because you build that trust where you can look to the person next to you and realize, like, all right, like, I know we're two separate people, but we're come, we're trying to to gain the same yeah. thing. And and when you have that, you know, that's when you know championships are built, and hopefully we can continue to build ours so we can yeah. do do something uh, special. But I I remember playing in Utah or no playing in Philly. And it was last year during the COVID. And I was I was struggling at the time. It was right before All Star break, and Furkan gets in, and obviously everybody knows Furkan can shoot. And I remember closing out to him in the corner, and he didn't shoot it, but I jumped, and he did something that I consider very upsetting to me, and he just jumped into me, or dragged the ball up through me, and I just I remember turning and and calling them all types of uh, different names. I'm not sure if you understood me then, but yeah. I, I, I hated him at once, but once foe is now friend. So. I know, I was going to say, look how far you've come. It's crazy how it, all, how it all comes full circle. That's so romantic, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to tie it full circle, though, because one of the reasons why I was so excited to hear from you is, George, obviously you spent time in the G League. You spent four years in college. You had your ups and downs getting here, but you did take the more traditional NBA path, right? You grew up in the States, you went to college, you got drafted, you worked your way into a rotation and have now had a really successful career. Ferk had a way less traditional path, right, of getting here. And you both ended up in the same place at the same time. And I think that is also really beautiful. And I think it's really cool that we're going to get to have conversations like this. So Furkan, thank you for telling those stories. I really appreciate it. We have a couple other questions for you now. Yes, I'm ready. Separate off-court questions. Well, court-adjacent questions. Yeah, you could say that. Furkan, we understand that, you know, you're kind of big into fashion. You know what I mean? If you go up and down your... My favorite, my favorite Instagram picture that you have is the one where you're... In, I think it's in the summer at night where you have your glasses on. And With like, the rings on my hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, my, that's my favorite one. But... Have you always been into fashion? And if so, what is kind of like your look, your vibe? Your aesthetic. You, yeah. What are you I going mean, for? Uh, most of the time, I'm trying to establish, yeah. trying to be myself instead of like copying some people. Uh, but overall, like people think sometimes you got to spend a lot of money just to be stylish. Uh, to be stylish. I'm not that type of guys who spend like a lot of money for the clothes to buy. I mean, I of course spend money, but like uh, not like huge money, you know. Uh, which like I you don't, don't have really, a stylist like I don't like, have a stylist yeah. yeah I don't have a stylist but it doesn't mean in the future I'm not gonna have a stylist because somebody takes a lot of time to order some stuff every game we are trying to wear yeah. different things it's like a lot of work uh, it's not easy especially you know like as a players we just want to go to home we just want to lay down we don't want to move right no, 100%. And it takes a lot of time shopping buying some stuff but overall I've been a style, stylish guy well, if, if you could you know, compare your style to anyone on the team or a celebrity, who would you say, like, your style fits fits in with? I know a lot of Europeans have, like, the clean style, you know, the same kind of hair that you do, put a little gel in it. <laughs> but, you know, you, you guys have, like, that clean look, but, like, what celebrity or teammate would you say, like, you could see yourself having the same style as? It's hard to give a name. 
uh, I'm just trying to be myself. It's hard to give a name. But if you ask me who dress up nice or who is the worst, I can give you like more clean answers. Okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, I like that. We can we Do can it. get in, we can get into a, another you know segment here. Okay, so who on our team do you think is the best dressed or has some of the best style? I would say Tobias is really good. Very clean look. Very clean. You like, like the clean look. He knows what he can do, what, what he can pull it off. So right. he's trying to go with different colors every time, like different styles, not just like one lane. He's on the every lane. Yeah. Uh, Tobias is good. Now tell me. Uh, who needs some work? Who who needs some help from you to realize, you know, that this may not work for you? And they could use a little bit of uh, furky magic to, to help them improve their style. <laughs> I mean, I will say because he's also a good friend of mine, I will give his name. I believe he's not going to take this personal. I'm telling him every time. Uh, I think Matisse has a lot of potential, but he's going to take a next step. He's been in the league almost like, Three years, right? It's his third year. Third year, right? Uh, I think he can take a next step, but I can see that he doesn't want to take that step. Like the right. dressing up, it's not so important to him. Right. He is just coming to the games like a yoga teacher. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he knows that too. I'm telling him too. Oh, this isn't something you guys haven't talked to him. It's funny that you say that because me and Matisse have actually sat down and had a conversation about this. And I remember talking with him at breakfast one time and he was like, yeah, my first year, dude, like I was thinking like, oh, like I need to get these outfits. And like then he was like, I was stressing myself out trying to find an outfit for every game. And now I'm just like, this is stupid. Like, yeah, I'm just going to come in sweatpants or Sixers, you know, Sixers jumpsuits. But you pulled off the ultimate jumpsuit. We have a jumpsuit that is like the whoosh, 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 uh, the uh, windbreaker one. You yes, know what I mean? Seth wore it the other day too. Yes, and it's it's like giving I don't know me how, like I don't 80s know how workout instructor yeah, vibes. Like, yeah, like uh, Denise Austin vibes. But it feels like the '98 Olympic team wore them, and Furcon wore it down in New Orleans. But here is my point: like you're an NBA player, you know, and then. Whatever you do, whatever you dress up, people is going to think like, oh, that's so stylish because they think you have a style. Yeah. Even if you don't have a style. No, for sure. People likes it. You know, they want to see different things. <laughs> <laughs> that's why everybody likes it. I think that's that's the point. So would you ever like punk people and, and wear something that you know is bad, but just I mean, to yeah, make them you think you it's You remember, cool? Lauren, probably you, you remember, George was not here, but like uh, when we were in Miami, I had all yellow uh, kind of sweatsuits. I would call sweatsuits. Yes. That was terrible, but everybody liked it. <laughs> you know? Like, people like different out. This things. is what I mean about Europeans. Like, you think we're idiots, huh? Like, you're I'm just going to no, wear, no, wear, no, wear no, whatever. I'm not, I'm not saying <laughs> that. No, I'm not saying that. Just people like to see different things. Yeah. I Fulfilling. will say in defense of the yellow sweatsuit, you had a phase with the Sixers where people adored, like, your bright yellow shoes. Like, he refused to wear anything but these bright yellow yeah. shoes that didn't match any of the uniforms. I thought they were terrible, but people loved them. And so you did that. Then you did the bright green for a while. Did you do orange at one point? I did I did bright yellow uh, green, but and like orange and, and, or, and orange, yeah. Bright colors because you're always happy. Yeah, and also like when you have a blue jersey, they want you to wear like blue shoes. But when I wear blue shoes with the blue jersey, I don't feel good. Like I feel like I'm just one line, you know. Fashion tips from Furka. Like I, I feel it. something needs to be different. You know what? I that from that look that makes me feel I'm gonna get vulnerable because I wear blue shoes with the blue jersey so are you <laughs> trying to say something do I, are you gonna have the conversation with me like you had with matisse like um, i'm looking like a yoga teacher 
Maybe behind the doors, could be behind the closed doors. <laughs> But you won't do it on the podcast. After It's very podcast. sweet of you. That's a very oh, caring you. teammate. Ferk, the last topic we wanted to cover is food. And you shared with me in the off season that as a kid, you weren't big into food and you struggled to like eat more, right? Because you went through the phase of needing to put on weight. At what point did you become, because now it's not just you like food, you're really into it. And for those who don't know, Furcon knows all of the restaurant owners in Philly. And he has this network of people <laughs> like, this man can always get a table. Because anywhere. Turkish people everywhere. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> no, but Furk, seriously, like you, it's, you're passionate about it though now. You know good food. Yes. When did that happen? And when I was 15, 16, my mom was like pushing me to eat the food because it uh, put on my plate because I was not eating enough and i was eating too slow like to eat some steak or like some chicken rice whatever it, it was taking me 40 minutes to finish everything because like my stomach was not handling it you know and i've never had that problem uh, i can't tell you know? <laughs> 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 like when i get older uh it changed a little bit especially after i moved to the states uh, it changed a lot because Here we have a chefs, we have the best chefs in the world, yeah. like they are cooking for us, they're there for us every time. Right. And then as soon as you're done with the practice, you go upstairs, you eat, you eat, and then your stomach is getting used to it. Now, like I'm also a foodie guy, yeah. uh, I like to eat a lot, but which I need to also take care about myself, my body a lot, right. because I'm a Turkish, you know, if I let it go, <laughs> like That it's going to be... Point of no return. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be different level. And But like Laura said, I know all the restaurants probably in Philly, most of the owners and if you need help with the reservation i do i do <laughs> give us your top five you have a top five and I maybe try to work in some different ones because you gave me some over the summer and those got their shine yeah so give us some some different i mean you can tell us the restaurant that you're the mayor of but then give us four new ones actually i like to go to a uh, grand cafe uh, aquila it's in the center city okay grand cafe aquila. um good breakfast Good like lunch type. Oh, okay, brunch, lunch, brunch, vibes. lunch, and um, I like to go to Chima, like Brazilian steakhouse. Uh, it's a lot of good like steak. Uh, for sushi, I told you double nut, Lauren, before. Double nut. I think double nut is nice. Great. Yeah. Ab Fisher, do you know that? Yes, because it's the Zahab people. Zah, yeah, Zahab people. That's why uh, I can tell that restaurant and the connection. Of course, Turkish Turkish restaurants, you know. Like such as uh, such as like Isot, uh and there's one more in in the city Paprika and there's really good Turkish market in the uh, other side of the city I mean in New Jersey side which I go and then uh, buy something for myself but that's it does it is there uh, is it pretty authentic or is obviously Turkish food completely different than the Turkish American food or is it Kind I mean, of give you resemblance of Turkish of food has a lot of carbs. Like we eat a lot of bread. Ooh. So I don't know if I can eat Turkish food. It's a lot of bread and like rice, uh, a lot of carbs. Lamb, uh, though. Yeah. Big lamb. Everything, like everything. And uh, I'm a really like soup guy. I like to eat a lot of soup. Uh, and also in Turkish culture, like we have like thousands of different type of soups. Yeah. So I think uh, that's big for our culture. The soup thing is, is another, speaking of European players, every European player that I've worked with loves soup. Boban? It's good for a stomach. <laughs> Boban is like the world soup ambassador. He's a soup evangelist. But Serbian culture is similar to us. I mean, 
but it's colder there. Like for me, I always thought it was like to keep you warm, <laughs> right? Keep your bones warm. To keep yeah. you warm, yeah. But no. Well, I Lauren's from Houston, so she's never. Really so been I don't cold need a lot of soup. You just go to entrees straight, like bring the entrees. Yeah. But I also we're working with different uh, facilities. Like I can't eat as much. Oh as yeah, you Lauren. Can. I have a question. Tell, and I have me. the same question. So for you, George, Uh-oh. if you have just one uh, thing to eat all of your life, like what it would be? Easy sushi. Sushi. Hundred percent. Wow. I love it. You, George? Mine would be Chicago deep dish pizza. That's pizza. Oh. I love it. Or should I? Should the correct answer be like a Philly cheesesteak? For real? No. No. I mean, I love a Philly, che- a good Philly cheesesteak, but I don't know if I could eat it for the rest of my life. Well, I accidentally did myself much. a huge disservice the other night. Tobias tweeted about not about putting mustard on his cheesesteak. That became like this huge thing. You did it. And he was no. Well, he was like sort of litigating whether or not you could put mustard on a cheesesteak on Twitter. And then I came in with my opinion, which is that I don't really like cheesesteaks at all. And I got destroyed. Wow. But I don't really eat red meat. I didn't, I, you know, I shouldn't have said anything. I should have kept my mouth shut. I'm sure if I liked red meat, I would like cheesesteaks. Yeah, that's a mistake. Furkan, now we're going to put you on the, on the spot. What's the best cheesesteak you had and where in Philadelphia? Actually, I don't remember the name of the place. Again, there's one Turkish guy who running the cheesesteak place. Really? I forget the name right now. Uh, but I'm not really into cheesesteak that much. Like, oh, did you not just hear Lauren? You're going to get crushed when we release No, this. it's okay. I don't. I think the people that are still rocking with us 33 minutes into this interview yeah. are going to support I us. I hope there are still people listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, I'm not super into like cheesesteak. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's okay. But I also think we should move on from this topic before people hear us yeah <laughs> that's, that's, that's true um uh, this is going to be our, our final segment it's it's called dear dear younger me so if you had a letter right at your age right now it'd be dear Furcon. that's how you'd start it off i'm going to start it off for you okay what would you tell your younger self um if you could give yourself younger self any advice about your journey or even your fans you know whether if it's to continue pursuing your dreams or whatever you want to make it, what would you tell, what advice would you have for your younger self? Dear Furkan, if there is some people in your life that's giving you a hard time, that doesn't make you feel like uh, 100% is trust, how do you say it, trustful? Trustworthy. Like, trustworthy. trustworthy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just let them go of your lives because like they're going to hurt you in the future. I like that. I do too. Do you feel that you know your teammate better? I, I feel like this definitely brought us closer. It did. <laughs> well, no. then mission accomplished. Furcon. Nice. Thank you for coming on the Big Niang Theory. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks, guys, for having me. It was a pleasure. I hope this podcast is going to go another level after I join the podcast. But <laughs> to the moon. Good luck. Yeah, good to luck. To the moon. Thank you, Ferk. Thanks, Ferk. We appreciate you coming on. Man. You're welcome. Yeah.